The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Monday. Oh, yes. And it is going to be quite a Monday. It's, of course, Medal of Honor Monday. That's coming up an hour from now. We have Fox News' very own Lisa Booth an hour and a half from now. Joe Biden forgot where he was. Lots of booster shot talk all of a sudden in the news. We'll address that. The bipartisan infrastructure bill. I love how they put bipartisan in there. We'll talk about what's in that. Your emails. I might take some phone calls later. I'm not sure. But all that and much, much more on the Jesse Kelly show tonight. We'll even talk about the Rittenhouse trial a little bit. Probably a lot more tomorrow. But I do think I wasn't going to lead with this. But I think it's probably appropriate for me to go ahead and lead with this just so every single person understands exactly who I am and what you're getting on the show. Because apparently, apparently this has not been made clear to everybody. I read this email. Remember, I read every email you send in. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. They all go to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every one. I'll never respond to you. I'm just too busy and I'm rude, but I do read them all. And I got this email and it honestly, it occurred to me, man, what if, what if after all this time, I haven't been really clear about who I am or what I am. So I think I need to address this so I can be really clear about something. All right, here, here it is. Everyone ready? Hi, Jesse. I have been a WOR fan for years. People who don't know what she's talking about, WOR is our New York station. You know, the show's on Nationwide. That's our New York City station. Gigantic station, one of the biggest stations in the country, and an awesome station, so that's what she means. I've been a WOR fan for years, and I am getting to like your show. However, the other night you said something which really threw me. 
you were talking about how you signed on to a silent auction, and at the end of the auction, I ended up being liable for a $1,500 di- donation that would get you a fishing trip, so on and so forth. You fretted about being out $1,500, though it was for a good cause, and that, that you were grateful that you had a, quote, Jewish friend who bailed you out. You apparently love your Jewish friends for that reason. Okay, one, that was not how the story went at all. I believe, if I remember right, I actually was much more insulting than that. I said I wished Chris was there so he could have reined me in money-wise. So it wasn't bailing out. I needed his guidance at that point in time. So it was much more insulting than that. But let's continue because apparently we have to clear some things up for everyone. This is her next sentence. That Jews have a lot of money is a stereotype and a millennia-old trope for anti-Semitism. We're going to pause and go through all these sentences so everyone understands who they're dealing with here. I didn't say Jews have a lot of money. I said Jews are very good with money. And why is that an insult? Chris, have I insulted you by saying you're good with money? Uh, That's a good part of the culture, a really good part of the culture. Uh, My campaign manager was Jewish. Chris is Jewish. I got all these Jewish friends, especially in D.C. Every one of them is really good with money. That's a good thing. Uh, A lot of stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Quit whining. Let's move on. Oh, I'm not near done. I'm really fed up with it and was shocked to hear you say this on the air. Jews are like everyone else. Uh, Stop again. If you were shocked to hear me say that on the air, I really, look, it's not that I don't value the fact that people listen. You really should go find something else. I'm going to say things that are, in your eyes, so much worse than that, and I'm never going to stop. Uh, One, I think it's entertaining. Two, I think it's valuable to have these kinds of jokes and conversations. It helps us move forward as a nation. Three, Jews are like everyone else you said. No, they're not. I don't believe in the concept of equality. Jews are, Jewish culture is a different culture. It doesn't make it better or worse, but it's different. So stop saying like everyone else. Nobody's like everyone else. Equality does not exist. This is a myth that has been poured in the heads of Americans for decades, and it's completely false. You're not equal to me. I'm not equal to you. You're not equal to the guy on the sidewalk, and neither am I. God made all of us different. And get this. I know this is going to be shocking in this touchy-feely society we have now. Cultures are different, too. Did you know that the culture you would find in, well, since we're on the subject, Israel, is significantly different than the culture I experienced in Iraq? Very different than Somalia. Different than Japan. Different than Russia. Cultures are different. There's no such thing as equal, ever. Now, this last paragraph is the one that I need to get way out ahead of, and then we'll dig into the rest of the show. I would appreciate an apology or at least an acknowledgement that you said something really insensitive and dumb. Your casual anti-Semitic comments forges the path for greater atrocities towards my people down the road. Thanks, and I'm not going to give out her name because, as you know, I don't even give out the name of death threats, let alone complaints. I'm the last private person in America. So uh, about the apology thing, I think I need to make this really clear because I I apparently have misled everybody, and I don't want to do that. You're never getting an apology from me, ever, for anything. 
In this case, I'm not sorry in the least, but even if I did something terrible, if I got off the air tonight and I downed a fifth of whiskey and wrapped my truck around a tree on the way home, I still would not come on the air the next day, though I'd probably be fired. I still would not come on the next the air the next day and apologize. I don't believe in it. This public apology society we have now is disgusting, wretched filth. And it is destroying this country that everybody feels the need to bend the knee to some outraged mob or offended loser out there is killing this country. You're offended by what I said? I need to be really clear because apparently this did not come across in all my other shows. I don't care. I'm not your mommy. I'm not here to powder your butt for you or say things that only make you feel good. Uh, That is not who I am, and that's not who I'll ever be. You're never getting an apology from me. And what's crazy about this, my employers know about it, radio and TV. Advertisers know about it. Go ahead and call. It doesn't matter. I don't say sorry because that bullying mentality, bullying people into apologizing for things they're not really sorry for is part of what has destroyed this country. What this country is lacking so much right now, you can see it across the board, What this country is lacking is guts at a corporate level, at a government level, at every level of society, at a base level, just you, me, all of us, the basic, just normal human being level. We lack guts because the left has taken control of so much of this society. It has forced us, well, I shouldn't say forced us, it has created a society of people who feel they have to avoid being publicly shamed. And avoid being yelled at. That's not me. Before you ever pen another email or make another phone call to me about I'd like an apology, you had better understand you got the wrong guy. And I'll go one step further. I don't care about your sob story behind it either. It means nothing to me because I'm not your mommy. I don't care. Well, I'm really offended because... No, no, no. I stopped listening as soon as you said offended. If you're offended, that's because you're too thin-skinned to be listening to my show. Pack it up and go listen to the Golden Oldies. You're not getting an apology here. Never. Ever. Savvy? How's that for an apology? You feel better? Now we can move on. Now. <sighs> Glad I got that off my chest. Just wanted to make sure. Chris, was that clear enough? Do you think we do? You think it was? Was we clear enough on that? Good, 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 good. Now let's move on to the news. Remember what we've been talking about, about the booster shot, about what's what's coming with the whole vaccine insanity. And I was sitting here today and I was, I was trying to wrap my mind around how crazy this is. Remember, this is not coming from me. It's not coming from some crazy wacko right wing news site. We even have the communist L.A. Times out there now printing articles in print saying, Yeah, uh, all three of the major vaccines, the effect in this wanes majorly after like six months. We're talking, by the way, we're talking down to 50%, 5-0, and less effectiveness after six months. That's the LA Times printing things like this. And people were freaking out. People were looking around because they feel lied to. But where do we go from here? And, And it's time for us to once again have a little talk about reality. And where we are going from here and why we got here and where you and I, how we have to conduct ourselves going forward. 
That's what we have to do going forward. So we're about to unpack that. Again, it's Medal of Honor Monday, and Joe Biden forgot where he was. That's going to be highly, highly entertaining. Now, you know what I do enjoy? I enjoy saving money, and I enjoy knowing the money I spend does not go to a corporation that hates me. And and as you know, I fail at that a lot. I'm trying to get better every day. It's hard in this society, but I'm trying to get better at it every day. But one thing we can all do, you can do it. I've already done it. Your wireless network, do you have Verizon, AT&T, you have T-Mobile, you know if you switch to Pure Talk, one, you're not sacrificing coverage. They're on the same 5G network, but two, they actually don't hate America. You're never going to see any of these disgusting ads like you've seen from the others. Their CEO is a Vietnam veteran. Their customer service, it's in America. When you call, you talk to an American. Switch to Pure Talk. Same coverage, save money, and they actually love the country. And they have a 30-day risk-free guarantee. You don't have anything to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. What, Chris? We can make jokes. It's fine. You got that right. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Monday. I'm really excited, extra excited for Medal of Honor Monday about 40 minutes from now. We've been working on... I don't think we're supposed to talk about this. Are we supposed to talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff, Chris? I don't care. I'm talking about it anyway. We've been working on an intro for it. Or I should say, when I say we, I mean everyone but me. They've been working on an intro for it of something we thought was good for it. We wanted one of the, you know, radio shows have sound just because we've never done any of that. We just got to do our own thing. You have sound where you replace something, an intro for something. And the fellas have been working on it, and um, I'm apparently a huge pain in the rear end about it because they keep bringing me things which are good. It just wasn't what I was going for, and I think tonight, I think tonight they, I think tonight they nailed it. I was going for the right tone, you know, not too military, not too this. I think tonight they nailed it. So that's about 40 minutes from now. We're gonna do Medal of Honor Monday, and the emails, the emails are already coming along. Hot and heavy about the uh, no apology opening I just did. Apparently, uh, that ended up that ended up being much more popular than I thought it was going to be, Chris. It's true. And look, one more thing on this before I move on to booster shots. I understand that I had a different upbringing. The old ma- the old man was a little harder than most. And I understand that I'm built a little different. So this is probably easier for me to say. There are people out there who are just more sensitive. I get that. I get that. But if you're ever offended, you just need to understand it's your fault. It's 100% your fault. Find a way to get past it. I don't get offended. And people email me all the time and they ask about that, why why I enjoy making the communists mad. I cannot be offended. There's nothing you could email me that would offend me at all. You could insult my face. You could insult my wife. You could insult well, Chris. In fact, I hope you insult Chris. But there, there's nothing you could say to me that would bother me in the least. Nothing. Because I understand that's on me. If something offends you, that's on you. This world is not nice. 
and it is not fair, and it is full of a bunch of idiots, and it's full of a bunch of communists trying to ruin everything. And, and if you're looking for something to get offended about, I promise you won't have far to look. But who wants to live like that? All right, now back to what we were talking about, about the booster stuff. Remember, annual booster shots for absolutely everybody in the United States of America required that is their goal. Now, I don't think they'll get to that goal because we, by the grace of God, still have some red states out there and we still have enough sane people. And obviously they're not going to have as much power as they have now forever. But that is the ultimate goal. If you're a major pharmaceutical company and you've sunk all this money into advertising and lobbying recently, you're doing that because you're expecting an ROI, a return on investment. You're not doing that for funsies. What's your best what's your best model if you're a business? What's what's the best thing you can do? You see it all the time. You see it in a gym. You see it shoot, you see it on uh, my podcast. You know they podcast every single show. And when I tell you to go to iHeart, Google, Spotify, or iTunes, what's the what would be the best thing you could do? And I'm not telling you to do this. I mean, do it if you want. If you would hit subscribe, it'd be the best. Why? Because it automatically gives you the show, even though it's free. It automatically gives you the show. It makes my download numbers look better. And by the way, I'm really not telling you to do that. Do it if you download it every day to save you the trouble. But a subscription. You go in a gym. We'll sign you up for a year. A subscription is guaranteed money for a business. That's why they want it. That's what the pharmaceutical companies are doing. You're already seeing it in articles. You're already seeing it from politicians. Here's the mayor of the most important city in the United States of America, Bill de Blasio, New York City. But let's also keep our attention on another piece of how we fight COVID. Again, particularly with the colder months coming on, we got to stay ahead of COVID. So we have a tool and it works and that's booster shots. We got to lean into it more. Anyone who has not yet gotten a booster and can, this is the time to do it. Don't hesitate. Go out there and get it done. It's part of protecting yourself and your family. Now, the good news is a lot of New Yorkers have heard the call. 620,000 New Yorkers have already gotten a booster. That's great. But many, many more can. Booster shot? That's so weird. I mean, I'm just trying to, I guess I'm, call me crazy. I guess I'm just going through the history of everything. And I just think it's so weird that now you need a booster shot to be safe because uh, going over things, you're going to have to forgive me. I went to community college. Remember, I used to drink a lot of beer. Um, I was told 15 days to slow the spread would take care of this. I was told wearing a mask would take care of this. I was told standing six feet away from everyone like a boob would take care of this. I was told shutting down small businesses would take care of this. Huh, so weird. And then I was told shutting down businesses for longer would take care of it, and that didn't work. Okay, Easter, okay, that didn't work. Uh, Christmas time, that didn't work. All right, that's different. Uh, We have hand sanitizer now everywhere in this society. I was told that would work. It didn't. And then finally, finally, I mean, I remember this distinctly. I was told the vaccine wouldn't work because it was a Trump vaccine. And then Joe Biden got elected, and I was promptly told that taking the vaccine would take care of everything. And now you have 75% of the American adults, they've, they've taken the vaccine. People have gone out and taken the vaccine. But that didn't work either. Huh. Man, that is so weird. It is almost... And I, I mean, this sounds too crazy. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. It's honestly, 
it's almost like this isn't about a virus. It's almost like it's almost like this is about money and power. I know that's nuts. No, I know I know it's nuts. It's almost about money and power. It's just that I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh one year and two year report for Pfizer. Wow, that's a good couple years. Anyway, it, but it almost seems like this is all about money and power. And let's let's do keep in mind the booster they're about to tell you you have to get now. The booster is a booster for the air fingers quote vaccine you already got. The vaccine they tell you you have to get or you're fired. Are you still taking all this seriously? Come on. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Feeling kind of bad having to cut off Eddie Money right there. Eddie Money is the man. (laughs) We got Fox News' Lisa Booth coming up an hour from now before I forget. She wrote an article for Newsweek that is getting her in all kinds of trouble, which means I love it. So I texted her first thing this morning. I was like, oh, yeah, come on tonight. And so she's going to come on. All right. Sometimes, sometimes... People ask me why I laugh so much. Not, not, not that people complain about it, but why I laugh so much when disaster happens. I will tell you, this is a skill I actually picked up in the Marine Corps. I've told this story before, but after boot camp, when you're in the infantry, when you sign up to be in the Marine Corps infantry, you go to boot camp, obviously, just like everyone, everyone else. But then when you're infantry... You have to go to another tough school after boot camp. It's called SOI, the School of Infantry. Really, really complicated. Really complicated name, Chris. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> anyway, you go to SOI. And this is where they teach you the basics of being in the infantry. You know, that stuff doesn't just come to you. How do you hold a, a grenade? What is the proper way to set off a claymore and blow a bunch of people up? How do you, I mean, they're just teaching you how to be a Marine, an infantry Marine. And they really, really ramp up the misery of it as well. Like they often do. People ask what the four years in the Marine Corps was like. And honestly, and I don't mean this insulting, misery is the best way I can describe it. Because they're purposely in the Marines trying to make you miserable at all times because misery builds toughness. It does. And I'll never forget Part of this training was you had to, quote, learn how to dig a fighting hole. None of the rest of us have ever dug a fighting hole. And just for any civilian types who aren't sure what that is, you've seen it in the movies. You dig a hole in the ground where you can then stand up. You stand up in a fighting hole. You don't lay down. You stand up and you have to hit dig the hole deep enough so it's basically chest level And then you stand up and you have your rifle over the front of it and you have a lot of protection, a lot of cover, and you shoot from there. It's where it's where if you're on the defense, you're 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 trying to hold a hilltop. You would dig a bunch of fighting holes. And you have to dig them, by the way, you dig them for two men, not one man. But that's what a fighting hole is. They decided they were gonna teach us how to dig fighting holes in the I guess you can call them mountains. I'm from Montana, so I wouldn't call them mountains, but in the mountains of Camp Pendleton. They take us up to the mountains of Camp Pendleton and they hand you what's called an E-tool. Now, this is just a shovel. It's about a two-foot-long shovel. 
and it's obviously just a little mini shovel, so you can't exactly move a lot of dirt with it. It is what it is. They hand us these e-tools. They tell us the method for digging these fighting holes, and they point to the specific area and say, start digging. We start digging and find out they've purposely put us on some of the hardest ground you can possibly imagine. The dirt is so compacted below, it's essentially like rocks. So we can't get through it. And of course, they're laughing at us while we do this. And it gets cold up there in the hills, especially in the winter months. We start getting rain. And it's about 40 degrees and dumping rain on us. And the rain gear they had issued us was, of course, garbage. It didn't keep out any water at all. It was garbage. It was from the Vietnam War. That's how old this stuff is. Really, really bad. And we are all up there. And we start digging in. And it starts to get dark. And we'd been working all day and you're not allowed to sleep until your fighting hole is complete. Well, we're all digging these holes and we're doing the math and that they don't want us to sleep that night. And that's very difficult. And you're chopping away and soon your hands start to become numb and they start to really hurt as you're hammering away at this dirt and trying to get through. And the rain is pouring down and guys are starting to get hypothermia. And we had one guy, he basically got delirious. He was so cold and exhausted, he wandered off the mountain. They had to go find him. So we're in a real bad physical state here, really, really bad. And I'll never forget it. This is one of my first introductions to this, and we proceeded to do it throughout my time in the Marine Corps. We would just simply, when a situation was really hopeless or really awful or really miserable, we'd just look around and start laughing. And just say, man, this sucks. And we just start laughing at the hopelessness of it. And it really helps. It helps when you can find the humor in a terrible situation. I I look around right now and I see all the inflation and the supply chain problems and all these people leaving the labor force, all these people about to be fired because of mandates. We have a wide open border. China's on the move. Russia just shot down a satellite. Afghanistan. I mean, it's all really, really bad. And then I think about this man being president of the United States of America, and I'm sorry. I laugh. You know, uh, here we go. Where is everybody? Jill. <laughs> Jill's here, the attorney general. We got the whole guy. there. All right, Jill. I don't know what was going on back there, but I don't know. President of the United States is a half functional adult. Isn't that wild to think about? Don't you don't you get this feeling sometimes that you're living in a movie? I mean, this would be something that's a movie. The country's kind of going in the right direction. It's going pretty well. And then there's an election had, and we elect as a nation. A half-functional adult. This doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican how insane this is. Left, right, doesn't matter if you're in New York, doesn't matter if you're in California. Think about how insane this is. A country of 330 million people, the largest economy in the world, probably the most powerful military on paper in the world, and we went to the polls and we elected or selected, depending on what you believe, a person to lead this nation who is not a functional adult. Isn't that, isn't that so wild to you? 
It is like something you'd see in the movies. It's like we snatched up some guy right out of an old folks home. Well, one of the ones Andrew Cuomo didn't murder. And we put him in the White House. I I can't believe this is where we are. And the level of ineptitude we're seeing now. And you know what? More than ineptitude, actually. The level of lack of care. That's probably not the best way to put that. The level of lack of care. Listen to this. This is a this is a spokesman for the White House. His name is Brian Deese. He's asked about inflation. He's asked about people seeing their standard of living disintegrate before their eyes. And this is what he had to say about it. Is there anything President Biden can do in the short term? We're focused on how to address this in the short term and the medium term, George. In the short term, number one, we have to finish the job on COVID. We know that the more that people feel comfortable getting out into the economy, going to movies rather than buying a television at home, working in the workplace, the more we can return a sense of normalcy to our economy. Getting those shots out for five to 11 year olds is gonna provide a lot of comfort to American families. We're making a lot of progress on that front. Getting more workplaces COVID free is gonna make uh, more Americans comfortable getting back into the labor market as well. They're not even trying to fix anything. Isn't that wild when you sit and think about what else can we do but laugh? The people who run this country, you're watching your way of life go away. And the people who watch this country or the people who run this country, they're not even trying to fix it. Is that not just bonkers? Are we living in the most bonkers time in the history of the country? Our leaders have never been this, this pathetic. I know that's not nice, but I don't have a nice way to put it. Our leaders have never been this pathetic, ever. All right. I have one more thing on that. And, oh, man, it, it, it goes deeper. So I have one more thing on that. Hang on for a second. But listen, I know you want to save the country. And I know people ask me all the time, what can I do to save the country? Jesse, how, how can we fix this? You understand we're going to save this country at the family dinner table, right? It's what you teach your children that will change this country. That's what will change it. The next generation. When I tell you about the Tuttle Twins books from Libertas, I'm telling you that because it will protect your kids against the brainwashing, anti-family, communist filth that is poured on them day in and day out. It doesn't matter how old your kids are, whether they're toddlers or teenagers and everything in between. These Tuttle Twins books teach them about the things you want them to learn and how evil communism truly is. And when you go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com, you get 35% off. TuttleTwinsJesse.com gets you 35% off. Teach your kids the way they should go, and they will not stray from it. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. Jesse Kelly returns next. Is the Jesse Kelly show on a Monday medal of honor. Monday comes up about 10 minutes from now. It's going to be a good one. And before we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about these boosters because as you know, as I said earlier, they're coming for everyone. It's not just going to be uh, uh, New York or, or, look, it's not just going to be San Francisco. 
They're coming for everyone who lives in a blue area, for sure. They'll make it mandatory, no doubt about that. So we'll get back to that in a second. I have a little bit more Fauci audio that is quite revealing. But another thing about Joe Biden and his administration, I already played for you that idiot who said, well, the inflation thing, it'll get better once kids get vaccinated, which is just so hilariously bonkers. It's the lack of care you get from the regime about what people are going through. You see, you're getting, you're starting to get this out there, a consistent message time and time and time again. Bloomberg's writing about it. The New York Times is writing about it. NBC's now talking about it. It's not that, it's not that you shouldn't acknowledge inflation. You just shouldn't be so selfish, you stupid American. You have the money anyway. Inflation's over 6%, numbers we haven't seen in more than 30 years. So how much higher can these prices go, and when do you see them coming down? Well, listen, Willie, nobody knows exactly when they're going down, but you have to put all this in perspective. This inflation is not in isolation, and the government predicted it was going to be a challenging recovery, all tied to COVID. And the dirty little secret here, Willie, while nobody likes to pay more, On average, we have the money to do so. Household savings hit a record high over the pandemic. We didn't really have anywhere to go. On on average, you have the money to do so? I have said this before, and I'll say this again. With all due respect to New York, and you know, I'm not a New York City hater. I'm a New York City lover. It's my favorite place in the world. But with all due respect to New York, And I guess I should lump in Washington, D.C. and Atlanta and L.A. here. But with all due respect to those cities, one of the biggest problems facing the media in the United States of America today is that all of it is produced in those big cities. People have the money? Uh, Are you drowning in money? I, I don't know about you. For most of my life, I couldn't afford a 10% increase in the cost of everything around me. Because let's remember what that means. That's a 10% pay cut. That is the equivalent of your boss calling you into his office today and saying, "Uh, bad news, Bill. Looks like we're going to have to pay you 10% less now. That's what that means. Are you just going to be fine? Oh, no, no worries, boss. I got the money. We've been saving up. No big deal. How completely cold-hearted and disconnected from reality do you have to be to step up to the microphone when faced with brutal inflation and say things like that? These people are outside of their minds. They are outside of their minds. Have you looked have you looked at the cost of rent out there? I mean, I just brought up New York. Let's talk about New York City again. The rent there, normal people can't af- couldn't afford it before. Now you have buildings buildings emptying. I'm down here in Houston, and I'll be frank with you. I'm in, obviously, one of the big skyscrapers down in Houston because that's where we have these huge radio studios and stuff like that down here. This building is empty. This building is... It's empty. I don't know how many floors we have, Chris. I know it's 20-some floors. I don't know how many. It's big. Do you know how many businesses are in our skyscraper now with 20-some floors? And this building was full pre-COVID. Full. Five. There are five businesses left here. 
people are going to run out of money. You can't scold people into telling them how much money they have, and you can't lecture people into thinking this economy is going fine. That's not how that works at all. And even if you think you can, you can't have people like that idiot on television talking down to people. People are hurting right now. They can't fill up their car. And, oh, by the way, while we're on the subject, not that I want to change subjects here. Chris, do you have that Fauci audio? I want to make sure I remind everybody where all this comes from. Don't forget, supply chain problems, inflation problems, high rent, unemployment. Let's never forget where the thinking comes from. It comes from this kind of thinking. Well, one of the things that to me was most difficult to accept is that we put together a good plan for how we were going to try and dampen down the spread of infection early on, thinking that that was accepted by everybody. And then the next day, the president saying free Michigan, free Virginia. I didn't quite understand what the purpose of that was, except to put this misplaced perception about people's individual right to make a decision that supersedes the societal safety. That, to me, is one of the things that I think went awry in all of this. Did you ever raise that with President Trump? You know, I didn't have the opportunity to raise it. I was sort of like shocked. And then I didn't speak to him for some time after that. But it was at that point that I realized that I would have to just get out there myself and say things that clearly were going to be contradictory. How much do you trust doctors now? Look, I, I know I know how many doctors are listening, and I'll say it right now. I don't care how offended people get. Doctor is just like teacher. It's just like general. The three titles are all the same. What do I mean by that? One, as soon as you hear someone is one, you probably assign to that person a certain level of respect just because of their title. Oh, you're a general? Oh, you're a doctor? Oh, you're a teacher? Two. Oftentimes, most of the time, that respect is not warranted at all because doctors, generals, and teachers, for the most part, are weapons-grade average. But three, one good one, one good one will change your life for the better forever. But the God complex of these people, I can't believe people out there wanting to be free. Why won't they listen to me? I'm trying to fix everything before. And that way of thinking is what brought us to where we are now with this inflation and this insanity and this vaccine mandate madness. It's disgraceful. All right, enough ugliness. It's Medal of Honor Monday time. Next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it is time for, um, well... The one good thing we do all week on this show. Don't worry, I'm gonna, I have seen Kamala Harris thoughts. Apparently her and Biden are in a big feud. We're going to get to that in a minute. But everybody knows on Monday, we do Medal of Honor Monday on the show, where we simply take a Medal of Honor citation. They're, I don't have some special access, by the way. They're available to everybody, every single one of them. They're all available online, all free. They write a citation. They write a description of what people did when they won a Medal of Honor. And we do this for a very specific reason. Because these men and their deeds deserve to be remembered. It's not enough to know, oh, they exist. There's a bunch of citations. Read the names. Read the deeds. They deserve to be remembered. And culture. Remember, culture is not complicated. We talk about culture wars and culture this. It's not complicated. Culture is simply what your society incentivizes and what your society disincentivizes. These these men, this is who you want your kids to be. This is who we should be talking about. If I talk to my sons about who they want to be growing up, the kind of man they want to be, I'm not talking about the athlete, the actor, the YouTube star, the politician. Certainly not talking about me. Men like this. This this is who we're talking about. All right? And I love these ones that have a personal touch to it. We actually got an email to this one that said, Hello, I have a suggestion for your Medal of Honor Monday. Corporal Dwayne E. Dewey, USMC, Korea. I knew this American hero with a body of steel, personally. He passed away on October 11th, 2021 at the age of 89. 
Thank you for considering my friend. Man, we just lost him. We just lost him a month ago. And before I read it, I will just say this one kind of hit me because we just lost him. And you always think, I mean, I didn't know the guy, obviously. What if we could have had him on? Like, what if everybody could have heard from this guy? It would have been, gosh, it would have been awesome. So rest in peace, Mr. Dewey. Let's see if we can do you honor here. All right. Ready? Aim. Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday. Dwayne Edgar Dewey, Korea. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a gunner in a machine gun platoon of Company E, Company Echo, in action against enemy aggressor forces. When an enemy grenade landed close to his position while he and his assistant gunner were receiving medical attention for their wounds during a fierce night attack by, num- by numerically superior hostile forces, Corporal Dewey, although suffering intense pain, immediately pulled the corpsman to the ground and, shouting a warning to the other Marines around him, bravely smothered the deadly missile with his body, personally absorbing the full force of the explosion to save his comrades from possible injury or death. His indomitable courage, outstanding initiative, and valiant efforts in behalf of others in the face of almost certain death reflect the highest credit upon Corporal Dewey and enhance the finest traditions of the U.S. Naval Service. And now you know why his friend referred to him as Body of Steel If you find yourself laying on top of a live grenade, the chances you're going to live are very, very slim. And I do mean very slim. There's a lot of these Medal of Honor citations that involve a man covering a grenade with his body. And this is one of the only ones I can remember. I've read a lot of these. This is one of the only ones I can remember where he lived to tell about it. But you're going to be setting off metal detectors for the rest of your life if that actually happens to you. And just... Just think about this. I mentioned the kids, right, and how you raise your kids. And I know we have kids listening, so I, I just, just think about this. What if it had killed him? Let's, let's assume he was a young man, 18, 19, 20 years old. At corporal, he was probably 20, I would guess. I bet I'm not far off on that. 20 years old. Would you rather your son live 20 years and die like that or live... 90 years as some absolute loser in this country. I think that is the kind of man you should look up to. I think that's the kind of man we should all strive to be, myself included. So rest in peace and Semper Fi, my brother. All right, enough. There's a rift. There's been a rift going on with the Biden-Harris White House. And let's just go ahead and just unpack this. And don't forget, we have Fox News' Lisa Booth coming up about 20 minutes from now. She wrote a big article for Newsweek on why she's not vaccinated. So let's, let's unpack this, and then we'll get to Lisa Booth. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris do not like each other. More specifically, Jill Biden and Kamala Harris loathe each other. Why? Well, remember during the debate, during the Democratic primary, Kamala Harris jumped into the primary. People forget how primary that how, how busy that primary was. She jumps in and almost immediately because she was backed by all of Obama's people, 
she was crowned as going to be the one. I mean, after all, she's black and a woman. She must be great, right? That kind of thing. So we had news organizations following her around, following her around, uh, shopping with her and things like that. It was embarrassing. But then, because Kamala Harris is, well, she's Kamala Harris, she was unable to maintain any kind of a little burst she initially got, and it faded away at the end. And we're going to get into actual Kamala and why that is in a minute, but hang with me. So Kamala Harris did something, well, a lot of us are guilty of, just not on such a public stage. She got desperate, and when you're desperate, she did something stupid. It's why you want to try to avoid desperate situations at all, at all, kind, at all times. What do I mean? She got in a primary with Joe Biden, and she basically accused him of being a white supremacist. She was losing. She was in a place where she probably could not could not possibly avoid losing in the primary. So there was not really a win for her there. And yet in the primary, she stands up and she just blasts Joe Biden, makes him out to look like a complete white supremacist who hates black people. Well... These politicians are people. We forget about that when we're talking about people on TV or the radio. They don't really seem real to us, right? I watch the same movies, same shows you do. They don't They don't seem real, but they are people. They are flesh and blood. And Joe Biden's wife, Jill, is not only Joe's wife, she's an ambitious woman in her own right. When you watch another woman accuse your husband on national television of being a white supremacist, That's going to get you a reaction big time. That started the hatred. That began the hatred. By the way, I will finally take some phone calls tonight. I know I haven't been. 877-377-4373. If you want to yell at me about my non-apology, that's fine too. I won't apologize to you either. 877-377-4373. And in case you missed what I'm talking about, that's all at the beginning of the show. Go download it. iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. So how'd how that end up? Joe Biden wins the primary, obviously, and he is stuck in the Democrat cycle of identity politics. And that's all they are now. It consumes them. It absolutely consumes them. I mean, we have an HHS secretary that's a transgender. Come on. Come on. What are we doing here? What are we doing? So it's everything to them. Joe Biden, remember, he steps up and he announces to everybody, uh, my vice president is going to be a woman. And then he almost has this moment where he realizes that's not, oh man, that's that's not enough woke points. Uh, a black woman, uh, not only a woman, a black one, for sure. A moment of idiocy, not exactly surprising for Kamala, or for Joe Biden. And where, where does that leave you? You have to pick a black woman. Uh, how many of them are there even nationally known? Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris happens to be a senator from the most powerful state, California, so he has to pick somebody his wife hates, absolutely hates, and and she's awful. She's so unbelievably unlikable, and I, I don't want to say she's not genuine. I mean, she's not genuine, but none of them are genuine. Joe Biden doesn't believe in anything either. Once you've been in politics for so long, you don't believe in anything. It's, so it's not that she's not genuine. It's that she's not genuine And can't cover it up. Everything comes off like some bad acting job. Every single part of it. So, 
Joe Biden gets into his presidency. And again, all this would still be okay if Joe Biden was knocking it out of the park with the American people. Approval numbers through the roof. He's killing it out there. Oh, man, Joe's the most popular guy ever. If that was the case, if his his vice president being a complete liability is not a big deal. Because let's be frank, who ever really gives a crap about the vice president anyway? I've said forever it's the greatest job in politics. You have no responsibilities whatsoever except fly around the world. On What do they fly? Air Force Two? And meet a bunch of dignitaries and eat steak and stay in five-star hotels. It's a good life. But things went a different direction. I will tell you what I'm talking about in just a second. And I'll take your phone calls. 877-377-4373. Have you gotten your hero gun yet? You've seen the latest headlines today? Please get a hero gun and protect yourself. And if you're one of these people who owns a a weapon, a lethal weapon, as I do, several, a hero gun is a great supplement to it. And it is an outstanding solution if you have someone in your life, uncle, wife, sister, daughter, whoever it may be, who's completely uncomfortable with firearms because it's a non-lethal gun, yet it fires projectiles 100 miles per hour And when they hit, they explode into this chemical pepper cloud and just crushes people. It has a laser sight. You don't have to be a shooting expert to shoot it. This thing saves lives. Get one for yourself, your spouse, your kids. Go to Hero2020.com. Use the code JESSE. That gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com. Code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. Fighting for your freedom every day. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I was actually getting ready to hate on the music, and then I felt fa- that's Nirvana. The song is called what now? Breed? Man, I've listened to a lot of Nirvana. I don't know if I've ever heard that song before. Wait, should we have said that on the air? I don't know. I'd, are we allowed to, you know what? We're just going to move on. We're moving on. We're moving, we're moving on, everybody. <laughs> We've got Lisa Booth coming up about 10 minutes from now. Fox News' own Lisa Booth wrote an article. It's got everybody mad about why she's not vaccinated. So we figure if it makes everybody mad, she probably has a home right here on the Jesse Kelly Show. Back to this Biden-Harris thing, on it, and then I'll get to your phone calls. 877-377-4373. So Biden and Harris hate each other. Biden takes over. It's not a big deal that his vice president is about as likable as, well, a grizzly bear with an impacted molar. That would have been fine if Joe did well. Instead, because he's a half-functional adult and he has communists running his White House, it's been one failure after another for Joe Biden. Don't argue with me. His approval numbers are unlike anything I've seen at this point in a presidency. It's terrible. Therefore, Kamala Harris... She turns into someone people look to. Oh, Joe's sucking it up. Uh, Let's prop up Harris. That was their plan. Uh, Let's get Harris propped up. Except Harris, in so many ways, sucks. It's just not good. She's not good. She can't change who she is. And the more exposure you have to Kamala Harris, the more penicillin, no, I'm kidding, the more unlikable she becomes. What are you supposed to do if you're a Democrat? And if you're Kamala Harris, if you're Kamala Harris, what are you going to do about that? Because, look, the truth is they don't know what to do, so they make excuses. 
tension and frustration behind the scenes between Vice President Kamala Harris and the White House, members of Harris's inner circle who believe she's being sidelined and set up to fail instead of being positioned to be a future president. One former uh, high-level uh, Harris aide put it this way, we put this up on screen, they're consistently sending her out there on losing issues in the wrong situations for her skill set. CNN has also learned Harris has told confidants uh, she feels constrained in what she's able to do. You have West Wing staffers who say they are completely exasperated, throwing up their hands at what they perceive as some of Harris's awkward mistakes, including some uh, cringy answers on Israel and the border crisis. Sources tell CNN there's also the belief that Harris's staff has repeatedly failed her and left her exposed. Let's pause for this. Let's pause for just a moment. Because I don't know that we've ever had a talk about this. And don't worry, it's going to apply to our story. Ever tell you one of the reasons I left selling RVs? Remember, I was a sales manager. And it's going really well. I was making a great living. Selling RVs, being a sales manager is a good living. And obviously, a big part of why I left is uh, my mentor, Michael Berry, had talked about, hey, I think you should try to get into media. This is just a few years ago. And I, I wanted to do that. I felt a tug towards it. But... There was another reason I left, and I don't actually don't. I don't think we've ever had this talk before. When you sell something like RVs, cars, whatever, whatever you're into, you have to deal with customers every single day. That's just part of the job. Maybe you can deal with it. Maybe you can't. My numbers at the end were okay. It's certainly not bad. They were still considered good numbers, but they kind of plateaued. They weren't getting better. I mean, I, I, was, I was fine. It was good. But they weren't getting any better. And not only were my numbers, my sales numbers not getting any better, I found myself getting in a worse and worse mood as the days went along. I'd come home. You know, you've had those days no, no matter what. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, lawyer, construction, whatever you do, you've had days where you come home and you're just in a bad mood. It's a bad day at work in a bad mood. And I found that happening to me more and more. And eventually, I got to the point where I realized I would a customer would pull on the lot, they'd get out of their car, and I was already in such a mental funk that I would look at them and I'd be resentful of them before they even walked in the door. Now, why? They didn't do anything to me. They didn't do anything to me. And I would start to get short with people. I know you're going to find that shocking, but I would start to get short with people. Stop doing some of the basics of sales. Start really just being kind of a jerk right off the bat. Now, why? Because I was in the middle of a job at that point in time. Times change. I was doing a job at that point in time I simply was not made for. I was, and I'm thrilled about the time I had doing it. Again, I would recommend anyone do it if you're looking to earn a living and make a great living. I'm not insulting it. I, because of the way my personality developed and just who I am, I'm not built to go spend two hours on an RV lot trying to help someone out and then have them blow me off and go buy from the lot next door. That's part of sales. That's not them being rude either. That's part of being a buyer. I, I can't deal with that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not built that way. I'm not built with walking you around for two hours, finding you a good RV, and then finding out you haven't paid a phone bill in three years and your credit card's 500 and you can't get a loan. Now, that's part of sales. You got to learn to laugh that off and blow it off. I got to the point I couldn't do that anymore. Because I wasn't supposed to be an RV salesman anymore. And when you get to a place in your life where you're trying to do something you're not able to do, 
it can create some animosity and it can it can really reveal itself. The problem with Kamala Harris is I don't care how many publicity firms she hires, how many staffers she has around her. I don't care how many fingers they point at Joe Biden or Jill Biden or the border issue or this wasn't framed right or they're not setting me up for success here. The truth of the matter is Kamala Harris, even though she's vice president of the United States, simply does not possess the skills to be a successful politician. She does not. She doesn't possess the self-confidence. She's not smart enough. And I, and I say that with all due respect, Kamala Harris is an idiot. And I, I'm not honest. That's one time I'm not trying to be mean. She's not a person that has any functional knowledge of the workings of government or an economy or anything. And she doesn't even have the confidence to fake it. And she doesn't have the ability to fake like she even cares. This is not a human being who should be a politician. She should be in middle management at some D.C. nonprofit where her lack of skills will not hurt her anymore. The problem with Kamala Harris is, and this has clearly been a problem for most of her career, trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. We're going to talk to Lisa Booth about that and much more next. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday, and coming up now is my friend Lisa Booth. She is, of course, the host of the wildly popular The Truth with Lisa Booth, and she has uh, made some <clears throat> enemies in the media world by announcing the vaccine stuff's a little too far, and I'm not getting it, and I don't think I should get it. Lisa, why don't you want a vaccine? Yeah, Jesse, it's not a popular take to have. <laughs> mm-hmm. People don't, because I don't need it, right? I, I'm 36. I have no underlying conditions. I am extremely low risk. I have a 99.97% chance of survival. So why am I going to get something that, you know, only protects you for a few months for something I don't even need protection from, right? And so that's the bottom line of why I'm not going to get it. And then there was this big lie that we were told. That getting the vaccine would stop transmission. You know, Jesse, you've got to do it for your neighbors. You've got to do it for your family. You have to do it for the people you love to be a good patriot, to be a good American. And that was a lie. Because if you're vaccinated, you can still get and spread COVID. It was all a lie. Lisa, here's here's what I don't understand, though. I mean, obviously, I understand you not getting vaccinated. I'm, I'm not myself either for the exact same reasons you're not. But what I don't understand is... Why so much backlash towards you? I, I, I've seen the things you put out publicly about it. I've read your article that's in Newsweek today. I'd recommend everyone go read it. I didn't see you lashing out at people specifically, yet they came at you pretty hard. Why? Well, I think we're living in a post-truth world, and we're living where psychosis and fear have overtaken the country to the point where people are going out and getting their 5- to 11-year-olds vaccinated for something that they have a near 100% chance of survival against, and, and even according to an Atlantic article a while ago, parents were lying about their kids' age so they could get them vaccinated, right? So we, we're beyond common sense. We are living through just, you know, I don't even know how to describe it, a, you know, people in charge leveraging fear and psychosis to try to reshape the country, to try to reshape the power dynamics in the country and turn us into more of an authoritarian state. So if you go against that dogma, if you go against the group think, if you go against what everyone has essentially been programmed to think, 
it's unpopular, right? I mean, it's, it's always harder to go against a crowd than to be a part of it, right? It'd be so much easier just to go out, be a good little girl, do what I'm told, and, you know, go to, be able to go out to restaurants in New York City or to be able to travel in different parts of the world, right? But, like, that's not right. And that defies logic and that defies common sense. And I'm not going to let the government own me. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to do something I don't want to do that's not in my interest just to satisfy an employer or, or to make people happy or to get invited to parties or whatever, right? Like, I don't care about societal scorn because they're wrong and they're going to be on the wrong side of history at the end of this. Lisa, something that confuses me is, look, I understand why Joe Biden would be pro-vaccine mandate. I certainly understand why the CEO of Pfizer would be, the governor of New York would be, Gavin New- I, I get all. I get all that. But like, let's take Las Vegas, for example. Wife and I today were looking at possibly taking a trip in the winter, possibly to Las Vegas or somewhere like that. Looking at hotels, you know, go there three, four days, take the kiddos, eat food, drink a couple beers, spend some money in Las Vegas. We find out there's a mask and vaccine requirement. You have to have a mask in a bar and a restaurant instantly canceled it. Now, how many stories like that are going on across the globe for Las Vegas? It can only hurt Las Vegas and not help, right, in all these other places. So why do it? Or am I wrong? No, I mean, and that's the thing. I, 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 it's like I don't know how to penetrate like the the craziness that we live in. I mean, these people are doing things that aren't even based on the data. Aren't I mean? You can point to numerous studies. You can point to even the CDC director's own words of saying that. We, but we are seeing now is that the vaccine doesn't stop transmission, right? Like that is now. Except even Bill Gates is saying this, right? That it is not stopping transmission. So I, these people are making decisions without any rationale, without any data to back it up, not even nonsensical, just purely out of fear. And because they're sheep people, because it's easier to go along with the group think than it is to go against the grain. And it's just like, I, I mean, I'm sure you have people close in your life who you care about who are have sort of warped into, you know, I don't even know what you call them, right? Just like sheep people, just completely subservient to this false narrative and the lies that we're being told. It's like it's just changed people. It's just it's crazy to me how so many people who I previously thought were critically minded or independent thinkers have just allowed themselves or just bowing down, uh, you know, to the to these lies that were being told and bowing down to their masters. Lisa, where does this end? And I ask that genuinely because, as you pointed out, the lies are starting to stack on top of each other. And even communist rags like the L.A. Times are coming out and just admitting things of, oh, hey, maybe this was wrong. Oh, this was all wrong. So the lies are building on top of lies and building on top of lies. Surely at some point, everybody steps up and says, "Okay, we're kind of done with this. Let's move on. Right. Well, what I'm praying, and, and then, you, you know, when you look at what our leaders are doing, like the, you know, Joe Biden's and the Bill Black, they're like, oh, we'll just get a booster, right? So, like, every six months, you're just supposed to keep pushing this stuff in your body that you don't need that potentially, you know, causes injury or, you know, risk or potential death, right, depending on, uh, you know, age group and things like that that you don't need. Uh, so we're just supposed to be doing this forever. So instead of admitting the fact that the vaccines, they oversold the vaccines and they told us the vaccines would do things that they don't do. They're just perpetuating the myth, right? Just keep every six months, just keep pumping this stuff into your body. I mean, I think the only way we win and break through where we are now is, I mean, you know, some of the polls that we've seen recently are at least give some hope in the sense that people are seeing through some of this stuff, even though we've got a media completely propping up joe biden and trying to run cover for him at least it seems like the public there's some awakening that's happening when we look at the results 
of, uh, you know, last Tuesday's election. I think it was last Tuesday with the, the Virginia gubernatorial races and some other races. I mean, it seems like there's some awakening happening in the country. It's just, you know, hopefully it's not too late. Right. I mean, when do we get freedoms back? When does that happen? Right. Um, so I, I think that's the concern is like, what are people willing to continue giving up for this false sense of security? Speaking with Lisa Booth of uh, the truth with Lisa Booth. And obviously you see her on Fox news. All right, Lisa, speaking of polls, Kamala Harris, she's in a quite a rift right now with Joe Biden and she's not popular because, well, she's Kamala Harris. She was obviously the backup plan for when they had to cart poor Joe out the back door. Is there a new backup plan? Who would it be? I mean, it's, you know, like they're thinking maybe Mayor Pete, right? Like he's probably just as bad. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they're just stacked full of losers. And I think also like how dumb do why did obviously he picked Kamala Harris because he was trying to check boxes, right? He said he wanted a woman. He said he wanted a woman cover. These were the things he wanted. And nowhere in that was finding someone with a personality, finding someone that connects with voters or finding someone that even his own party wanted, right? She was at fifth place in California before he dropped out. She didn't even make it to Iowa. No one liked her. Yet he made her the VP and sort of the person who was going to be taking over when he left. And so I think it's hilarious that now they're kind of like, we don't even know if we want her. You know, like they're stuck with two of the most unpopular people in modern history or two of the most, you know, unpopular uh, president, unpopular VP. And what's hilarious is what do you think would, what that polling would look like if they got the Donald Trump treatment? Uh-huh. Right. I mean, like how much the media is completely propped up Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. You know, they're trying to tell us, you know, these people are smart and capable when all you have to do is listen to any of either of them speak. And like what would have happened if they actually had a little bit of, uh, you know, criticism from the media? Lisa, what are you having for dinner tonight? Um, I actually ate it before the show. I had a ribeye steak cooked Pittsburgh style, like it a little crispy on the outside. And then, um, you know, a rare to rare plus to medium rare on the inside. Ooh, my. Are we talking a side of mac and cheese or do you do the weird woman thing where you get asparagus or something like that? I got asparagus. Oh, gosh, I knew it. See, I knew it. Every dime gets asparagus with their steak. Eat the mac and cheese. You know what? Forget it. Lisa Booth, It's the she's the host of The Truth with Lisa Booth. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Jesse. Take care. Asparagus. Asparagus sucks. Don't raise your hands at me like that, Chris. Asparagus is garbage. You know what? It's time to have a frank talk about asparagus and Joe Biden, and we'll get to your phone calls, 877-377-4373. Who doesn't like a deal, though? Who doesn't like a deal, and who doesn't like a good night's sleep? Right now, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, because you know the original MyPillow I mean, I, I I got an original my pillow back when I was selling RVs. That's how long I've known about these things. But the original my pillow was sixty nine ninety eight. Sixty nine ninety eight. Right now it's nineteen ninety eight. If you go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, it's nineteen ninety eight. And Mike Lindell is extending his money back guarantee trial until March first of next year. Talk about getting giving you time to sleep on it and figure out whether or not you like it. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, promo code JESSE. Or if you're driving, call 800-845-0544. Highly recommend you get one for your spouse, too, or they're just going to steal yours as mine did, and then you'll have to buy another one anyway. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. 
Jesse Kelly Show. It's still real to me, damn it! Returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Man, that's a little bit intense, don't you think? I, I mean, I'm, look, I'm not complaining about Metallica. I've been to Metallica concert before. It was, oh yeah, it was intense, Chris. Right before we joined the Marine Corps, we decided we were going to have one last big blowout party. So we had to save up some money. We didn't have any money. But there was this huge concert in Denver. We were I was living up in Bozeman, Montana at the time. It was the Summer Sanitarium Tour. And this is what it was. It was at this huge stadium in Denver. I forget which stadium. They also had a great water park there. I wonder if it's still there. We went to this water park. Yeah, we're not going into that right now, Chris. We got thrown out of a couple rides, and it's not important. But big group of us went down there, and Power Man 5000 and System of a Down opened for Kid Rock, Corn, and then Metallica was, oh, it was wild, dude. It was absolutely wild. I do remember, though, I'll never forget this. I hadn't been to many huge events like that, and obviously we didn't have a lot of money. It goes without saying we didn't have a lot of money. We showed up, and we just I think we had 40, 50 bucks on us, maybe. Beers were $20 a piece. Two zero, twenty dollars $20 a piece. I've never felt so price gouged in my life. What are we doing here? Gosh. All right, we're going to get to your phone calls, and then I'll get to what's in the infrastructure bill. We'll talk a little bit about, more about Kamala, get to your emails, so on and so forth. John in San Diego, go, boss. Okay, this is uh, about uh, your favorite song, Credo Bandito. It was sung by Mel Blanc, who was the voice of all the Looney Tune characters. Mm-hmm. He designed this song to be sound like Mexican Bugs Bunny. So next time you play it, Everybody close your eyes, and in your mind, you will see Mexican Bugs Bunny in a sombrero singing that song. Mexican Bugs Bunny. Thank you, John. You know what? I think we need it. Let's find out for ourselves. Is this Mexican Bugs Bunny? The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandido. Yay! I like Frito's corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Frito's corn chips. I'll get them from you. Oh, I am the Frito Bandito. Give me Frito's corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Munch, 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 munch. Oh, man, that's 100% Mexican Bugs Bunny. (laughs) That was awesome. That was awesome. Thanks, John, for that. Steven in Pennsylvania, go. And Steven's fired. Brian and St. Louis, go. Yeah, so I jumped on your show a little late, uh, just got off work, and I was listening to a lady talk about the vaccine mandate. Uh, my opinion, one of the biggest issues I had, uh, I worked for a big corporate company and they mandated it. For my first thought was, oh, what do I do? Do I you know, take the vaccine? Do I you know, find a different job? So I tried calling about 20 or so lawyers in the St. Louis area, none of which would even take my call. And that was the biggest concerning thing for me was, you know, I don't even have somebody to back me up, nobody to help me, what do I do? You know, so I've been kind of stuck in this decision-making mode for a couple months now, and now it's crunch time. I have till January 1st to make a decision. So that's where I'm standing on it. You're in St. Louis, Brian? Yeah. Okay, now we are putting out the word right now. If there are any lawyers in the St. Louis area or licensed to practice in the St. Louis area and you would like to help Brian out, I'm sure he'll pay for your services, email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Brian, send me an email to the show. If we get a lawyer, we will hook you guys up, see if we can't do some good out here. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Dear Shogun, just as I was starting to feel a bit defeated about months of supply chain issues impacting my small business in a northeastern state, I heard a story that put my meager plight into perspective. My brother-in-law is in law enforcement in our town and shared a high-level version of of assault of an assault victim story about a 15-year-old girl. Ugh, don't worry, I'm going to keep this family friendly. Due to staffing shortages in the area, they did not have access to a sane nurse for the girl. I didn't know what this was until tonight. It stands I well I'm, you can figure out what it stands for. It's a nurse that helps out women who've been assaulted and conducts the exams and it, it it's a very important position, okay? Given the staffing shortage, the advice they had to give the girl 
was not to shower for three days until they could have a sane nurse meet with the victim. Three days, he says. Now, I hesitated to read this on the air because I understand that's hard to hear. I get that. But let's be honest about the real world costs of what we're doing with the mandates and the supply chain insanity and inflation. Let's talk about the real costs of this. And the reason I want to talk about the real costs is I remember way back when, way back when, when they were announcing lockdown this and lockdown that in 15 days to slow the spread, I remember people screaming at me, friends of mine screaming at me saying, quit acting like the economy is more important than lives. If it saves one life, if it will shut everything down, if it, do you remember if it saves one life, Chris, all that was the best. If it saves one life. No, that's how a child thinks. An economy, the American economy, or whatever the economy is, wherever you live, but the American economy is worth way more than one life. The American economy is worth millions of lives because the economy is what sustains and maintains everything around you. I remember the horror I felt early on. Of course, I, I said, I told everyone right away this was going to happen. When you lock people down, you tell people to go home, tell people they can't go to work, clearly you're going to have a huge uptick in drug abuse, alcohol abuse. You're going to have a huge uptick in people who are depressed, not getting the treatment they wanted. And I remember talking to, to friends who were finding out the suicide hotlines in their area had too many calls. They didn't have enough operators to handle all the calls. Just remember, we'll get to the infrastructure bill here in, ju in just a second, but I want everyone to remember panic has a cost and what we did has a huge cost. That's a 15 year old girl. She paid the cost. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. And again, if you missed any part of it, you can download the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. And leave a review talking about how handsome I am, Chris. And you can call in tonight. I know I know I've been bad. I haven't taken a phone call in like a week. <laughs> but for all the new listeners, the rules remain the same. No small talk, no hi, how are you? Love the show. All that stuff's boring. Get to the point. Get to the point and get to the point quickly. And if you get hung up on, just know you're in the majority. Virtually everybody does. Pretty much everyone does. You know. And by the way, people wonder why I'm like that. I get that, honestly. My old man to this day, I talk to him once every week, once every couple weeks on the phone. There's no sign-off at all. At some point, he's just going to pretty much decide that you're done. And this is how this is my dad's sign-off. You know how a lot of people are, all right, I love you. I right, talk to you later. We'll call him out. You know what my dad's is? You can tell he's just kind of done with the conversation, and he gives a, all right, and then the line just goes dead. You're like, wait a minute. what, Dad? Dad, are you still there? No, he, he's gone. He's long gone. <laughs> all right. Race. 
Let's have a talk about race. I mean, I realize you're not supposed to talk about that. And I'm going to get to what's in the infrastructure bill. And we have this woman who hired a hitman uh, to kill her husband and all that stuff is glorious. But let, let's talk about race for a minute. I see this headline here. CRT, that's critical race theory defender, tells parents he's got a thousand soldiers locked and loaded. Okay. And then I saw this idiot on MSNBC talking about truckers. Because remember, there's a huge supply chain crisis. And the truckers are out there saying, uh, you still might lose 37,000 more of us, which would be a disaster for the country. And this is the tactic they're taking. How can the industry be more welcoming? Because I have to tell you, I talked to a lot of truck drivers and most of these truck drivers are people of color. And they talked about, you know, hearing some of the racism um, over the CB. Um, you know, this is, again, an industry populated um, by a lot of white men over the age of 55. Um, this group of people overwhelmingly voted for Trump. Some people have talked about, you know, aggressive truck drivers cutting them off or not being helpful. So obviously, the more populated it is with people of color, I think you'll see less of that. But how can you encourage people to come and disrupt this space when it seems a bit unwelcoming. Well, I think just what you're doing, getting uh, myself as a black female out there and letting people know I drove for almost eight years. It's an industry dominated by white people, you see. And it's the, look, there were a bunch of Trump voters, too. So if there's truckers out there that aren't delivering anything, let's remember it's white people's fault. Now, let's let's dig into this whole thing, because this is something people avoid because it gets people in trouble, and because I'm a sociopath and that doesn't bother me, I'm going to tackle this once again. Here's my philosophy on all the skin color stuff. Uh, I really do not care about the pigmentation of your skin, but I feel like that sounds way too nice, so allow me to clarify. Every race activist I've ever known, be it white, black, any one of them I've ever known, and I have several friends who are even like this, they get into this kind of stuff, they routinely sound like idiots. Because when you assign value to the pigment of your skin, you're assigning value that has no value. Your skin color doesn't have value. Your culture does. How your parents are does. That, like All that stuff has extreme value. But the pigment of your skin has no value. So when I say I don't care about the pigment of your skin... This is also why I don't do the standard GOP pandering thing. Look at all my black friends. I, I'm not impressed that you're black. I'm not impressed that you're white. Why would it impress me? That's how you were born. Are you a loser? Are you a communist? Are you a good person? I, none of, none of, nothing about your skin color impresses me. That's why I never get shamed with any of that. Ah, oh, you're a racist. What? What are you talking about? I, who are you? None of that stuff bothers me. But... Because I don't get involved in any skin color activism for any skin color, I get to just sit and observe. And here's something I have observed. The Democratic Party has very grossly, and the media, in the media, Hollywood, everyone, they've all joined them in this. The system has decided that white people are bad and white people are the enemy. And because the system has decided that, they now feel totally comfortable saying the most abhorrent things about white people routinely, and no one ever gets in trouble. No one ever gets in trouble for this kind of crap. Now, I need to clarify, this doesn't offend me. What, what this woman says here doesn't offend me. But let's also acknowledge if what this person says here was said about any other skin color out there, she's fired 
before the end of the show, Chris? Do you think they let her finish the show? She's definitely never coming back. She's never coming back. But if she says this about anyone else, she's fired. And I'm going somewhere with this. But again, Chris, listen to this. How can the industry be more welcoming? Because I have to tell you, I talked to a lot of truck drivers, and most of these truck drivers are people of color, and they talked about, you know, hearing some of the racism um, over the CB. Um, you know, this is, again, an industry populated um, by a lot of white men over the age of 55. Um, this group of people overwhelmingly voted for Trump. Some people have talked about, you know, aggressive truck drivers cutting them off or not being helpful. So obviously, the more populated it is with people of color, I think you'll see less of that. But how can you encourage people to come and disrupt just imagine just imagine if some tv host went on and said well i mean at this industry it's got mostly black people definitely a lot of a lot of black people over 55 and they're cutting people off on the roads if we don't get some whites in there they're never going to stop doing that would i even would i even look my company lets me say whatever i want i think i'd be fired before the show was over now i'm not doing the whining thing i'm doing the This is what's happening in America thing, and it's really, really bad. Democrats now, the system now has decided white people are bad and you can say anything you want about them. Well, then we have an election like happened. Remember just just in Virginia, New Jersey, New York, we just had an election where Republicans won a bunch of seats, seats that were formerly Democrat seats. And we've played for you the montage after that about all these Democrats and cable news hosts coming on and complaining about white lash. This is white people. White people are mad about the and white people this and white people that. This is white lash, they call it. And what I say to that is, and this is someone who doesn't get involved in, in skin color activism. Well, yeah, it's white lash. What did you think was going to happen? Do you think, do you think you're simply going to point out this one group of people and demonize this one group of people as a matter of course, routinely, and make this a systemic thing. A lot of this stuff has become law. And you think that's not going to create resentment and some kind of backlash? One of my buddies is a contractor. He's a black dude. He's a contractor. I'm not going to tell you which which city he's in, but he owns his own contracting company. Black dude. And we were talking, he said to me, Jesse, you want to know what's totally unjust? I mean, I take advantage of it, but it's totally unjust. And I said, what? Get this. He doesn't have to be the low bidder on a contract. You see, that's usually how it works if you're working for a city or county. Let's say they need a a big uh, power plant build or something like that. They'll put that out for bid, and you'll have a bunch of contractors come and bid on it, and the low bidder gets the contract. And he said, Jesse, you know what's crazy? I don't have to be the low bidder. I just have to be within 3% of the nearest white man, and the city has a rule that I get the contract and they don't. Now, that's systemic racism. That's, there's no other word to describe that. That's systemic racism. That's going to create massive resentment, and of course that's going to create a backlash. And I understand why the communists did this. And it's not because they care about black people or, or, or Mexicans or anyone else. They did this because dividing up a society, turning a society against each other, it absolutely works every time to help communists gain power. They always do this. They did this as a power play. But it's gotten to the place where, man, this stuff is really, really ugly. And now you have guys like this idiot CRP, CRT parent Talking about he's got a thousand soldiers locked and loaded. 
buddy, you better dial that down a notch. You best dial that down a notch. This is going to a place in our country that is extremely unhealthy. It is extremely unhealthy, and I despise it. We have got to stop this nonsense. But here's the thing. Stop this nonsense. How do we stop the nonsense? How do we stop it? Well, one, believe me, you're not going to stop it by saying, by trying to defend yourself when they accuse you of things. Oh, you hate, uh, you hate gay people. You don't ever respond with, what? No, I don't. I love everybody. That's not how we stop it. It's not. You want to know how we stop this nonsense? I'll tell you in a second. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessikellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, we're going to get to the woman and the hitman for her husband in a second. And Project Veritas stuff. We have a lot more coming in. Oh, oh. Some nice Fauci audio. Just hang tough with me for a second. And yeah, I'll take your calls. 877-377-4373. The communists have managed to divide this society by race in a really, really, really ugly way. The worst thing you can possibly do is allow that to work on you. Never, ever, ever allow that to work on you. And here's the thing. It probably does work on you in ways you don't realize. We just had a Marine Corps general step up, made a bunch of noise because he went on NPR. And of course, he gets on NPR and he says, well, I, I really think it's uh, uh, why don't we have more women in positions of power? And there should uh, the Marine Corps should reflect America. And, and I mean, insane stuff like that. Who cares if we have women in power? And why would I want the Marine Corps to reflect America? I want the Marine Corps to murder the enemies of the United States. That's your only job. I don't care if it reflects anything. I don't care if it's a whole Marine Corps full of purple people. I want you to be the deadliest Marine Corps possible. And no, I don't care about women's feelings or, or this person's feelings when it comes to life and death of a nation. Life and death of a nation. But... That is a tactic that has worked on many people, and maybe it's worked on you in the past. Never allow that to work on you. But there's one other way to kill this. And I actually, on on the good front, I do believe we're heading in a good direction on that. There's one other way to kill it. Don't defend yourself either. Never, ever, 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 ever allow them to defend yourself. To put you on the defense. Never allow yourself to be put on the defense. Because remember this. The reason they pull that stuff out all the time is because they don't have thoughts. And I'm not actually being mean. Remember, we've had former communists write into the show and talk about how it's all groupthink and whatnot. These people only get their information from the hive mind. They only say the things they're told to say. They're not taught how to think. The last thing, the last thing their leaders would ever want would be to teach them how to think. They're taught weird platitudes that don't mean anything. And then they're taught. Remember, they learn this. They're taught when challenged on those things, because everyone knows they're a mile wide and an inch deep. When challenged on those things, don't try to defend yourself. You can't defend communism. It's wretched filth. Don't try to defend yourself. Attack. Lash out in some personal way to get the other person to change the subject. 
I come up to you and say something like, abortion is wrong. Abortion is the snuffing out of a life. I can I have I have the science information. I'm looking at a heartbeat. Abortion is the snuffing out of a life. Is it not the snuffing out of a life? How would the communists respond in this day and age? Oh, it figures you wouldn't want women to have a choice, you Nazi who once thinks women should be slaves. Now, my response, the normal human being's response, has often been this. I don't th- I don't think women should be slaves. I'm not anti-women. I, 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 have, a, I have a mother I love. You don't understand. I, I know a bunch of women, and I'm really— n- You've already lost. You had the argument won. You had the argument won. You laid out the facts in front of them. They couldn't defend it. They lashed out at you, and now you're defending yourself. You've already changed the subject. Stop letting them do that to you. Stop. That's how you kill this whole thing. Now— Michigan woman pleads guilty after trying to have ex-husband killed through a fake rent-a-hitman website. Now, I'll be frank with you. I'm a little weirded out by this story for a couple different reasons. One, rent-a-hitman? I don't want... Hang with me, Chris, for a second here. I don't want to nitpick on the details. Is there a situation where you'd want to buy a hitman? Isn't it only a rental business? Chris, am I wrong? That is actually a good point. If you're a mob boss, you'd want to buy, but I would assume in general, you'd kind of just want to rent, right? I mean, look, and what's the old saying goes, you don't want to buy a rental. I mean, we're not even talking about Kamala Harris right now. You don't want to buy. Let's set that aside. It seems a little weird. Rent a hitman seems a little odd, but let's let's set that aside. People seem to get busted for this all the time. Hiring hitmen to kill their spouses. And don't raise your hand, Chris. You'll understand this when you finally make an honest woman of that girlfriend of yours and marry her. What happens is women... They like sicko TV shows about serial killers or they'll watch shows about popping pimples or something. Oh, I know. I know. They're just foul. Absolutely foul. But just walking by the television set has me really in the know about various crimes that take place. And I'm here to tell you, men and women get busted all the time trying to hire hitmen to kill their spouses. I... Now, believe me, I'm not in the market. I'm not in the market, but I am curious. How does one begin that process? Really, dead serious. How do you go about, what's step one when you're finding the hitman to kill your bride or kill your husband? Where do you begin? You know what? 877-377-4373. I want to know if you wanted to go hire a hitman to kill your spouse, what would be your step one? Now, you understand, everyone understands this by now. I'm a little rough around the edges. Some friends who have walked in the darkness a little bit and flirted with it a little bit myself. I am the furthest thing in the way, the furthest thing away from being squeaky clean. I don't have any idea where I'd go to hire a hitman, Chris. Chris, I don't think you should Google it. I really do feel like you'd most likely run. Never mind, Chris. Would you go ahead and get on that? We're not on the work computer, though, right now, right? This, 
If you only knew the amount of time we had to explain the websites we visit to on this show to management, you would be, well, I take that back, you wouldn't be stunned at all. So we're going to take your phone calls on this next, 877-377-4373. What would be step one for finding a hitman to kill your spouse? And we're about to adjust, or adjust, we're about to play some pretty revealing stuff from Dr. Fauci. Ouch. Hang on. Fire. I went down, 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 and the flames It is the Jesse Kelly Show burned, tackling burned, the burned. tough issues of our time. And no, I'm not talking about the Fauci audio I'm going to play in a second. I'm talking about what we just opened up the phone lines for, 877-377-4373. This Michigan woman, she had to plead guilty after she tried to hire a hitman to kill her husband on Rent a Hitman website which is apparently a fake website set up through law enforcement. Uh, Chris has done as much digging as the company Firewall would allow him to dig into during the break. Uh, We did find some Mexican cartel information. Uh, Apparently you could find a 16-year-old girl to kill someone for you for $1,000 in Mexico. That is just, wow, what a messed up world we live in. But the question was for you, 877-377-4373. You're not in Mexico. You don't know any teenage girls unless you're Joe Biden. So where does one go to find somebody? Where would you even begin to try to find someone to kill your spouse? How is this something that happens all the time? You just hold up a sign on the street corner? It is the oddest thing in the world to me. All right, Sam and Tennessee, where's the first place you would go if you had to find someone to kill your spouse? Please don't kill your spouse, Sam. You find the most desperate people wherever you are. That is the answer, wherever you are in the world. Well, hold on, hold on, Sam. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I agree. You can find desperate people to do things that, that they wouldn't normally do. That's how Kamala Harris got her start in politics. But we're not going into that right now. That doesn't mean that's a person capable of committing murder. All I'm saying is, is that that's the first place you look. You find the most wretched ghetto slash deprived trailer park slash hole and that's and that's where I would I would never think of anything like that but I've known a lot of people that are not the not the they don't have the most uh, limitations I guess you know that's actually a good point now that Sam brings it up and that was a good call I actually do have quite a few friends who don't have the best moral grounding? Now, I, not people I hang out with anymore, but I've known people when I was younger that were that way. But man, that is just wow! How does this keep happening? Gary in New York City, where's step one for finding an assassin to kill your wife? Well, as a New York resident, I would look in the richest parts of the city, Brooklyn, downtown Manhattan, just scope out the area, a couple of bars, strike up a conversation. I think within 45 minutes, you'll come across somebody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause, Gary. Pause. Uh, Exactly who are you looking for that you think in 45 minutes you can broach the subject? Would you mind murdering the old lady for me? What's that conversation go like? Uh, Once again, it starts with a drink and an idle conversation. I don't really think you need 45 minutes. To accomplish that. <laughs> I respect. You know what? I can't tell you how much I respect G- Gary's confidence. He's like, ah, oh, 
Buy him a couple beers. It'll be fine. <laughs> Trey in Columbus, Georgia. Go. I'm going to say that I would look for disgruntled vets. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, number one, if you're going to hire somebody to do a job, you're going to want a professional and somebody that's basically had experience in death dealing. So what, there's plenty of disgruntled vets out there for whatever reason. Uh, some have went so far as to, you know, just say that they don't, even, they don't even want to be associated with the country anymore because of the direction that it's taken. And uh, if you have a good enough story, as long as it's not something immoral like kill a child or, or you know, just kill a wife for absolutely no reason, like you would, ha- you would probably have to convince a vet that there was a good reason for it. So if you're a wife and you tell a vet that you're given 25 grand to kill an abusive husband, I think I think you could find that guy. You know what? That's actually a really good point. If you sold it that way, especially if you yeah, if you sold it like abusive, I think it'd be easier. But please don't kill anyone. By the way, I think it would be easier to find somebody to kill a dude than a woman. I, I just think it would be hard to find something. I you. Who hurts women? That's that would be. But then again, the kind of person who gets paid to kill someone's probably the type of person who hurts women. Johnny in Jersey, go. I would get someone who has nothing to lose, a junkie, and put a big number on it. Tell them where me and my wife are going to be, what to do at the time when we come out, and then after he kills her in self-defense, I would kill him, cover my trails, and be the hero. Well, this has actually gone to a very uncomfortable place because it sounds like Johnny actually thought about that for a while. We're just going to go ahead and move along here, Chris. (laughs) All right. Now, remember, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, if you missed that, it's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. At the very beginning of the show, we talked about booster shots. These guaranteed annual booster shot requirements are coming. And I just want to make sure everybody remembers, everybody remembers again, this is the history of the people who are now telling you they know what you have to do to defeat coronavirus. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. That if, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected. Okay, you- right, we get the earlier. We, we get the idea. But setting all that aside, this is the part I really wanted to play for you. I wanted to I wanted to see, Chris, when you've been doing this for as long as I have, you just, yes, Chris, three years. I'm not what you might call a radio expert at this point in time. But in all seriousness, I wanted to I wanted to merge that one with this one. I love I love listening to these people, these people who are so full of themselves. Not that the Oracle would know anything about that, but these people who are so full of themselves, they're not capable of just saying I was wrong. Well, one of the things that to me was most 
difficult to accept is that we put together a good plan for how we were going to try and dampen down the spread of infection early on, thinking that that was accepted by everybody. And then the next day, the president saying free Michigan, free Virginia. What, what, I, I didn't quite understand what the purpose of that was, except to put this misplaced perception about people's individual right to make a decision that supersedes the societal safety. That to me- Your individual right to make a decision supersedes society. That's one. Two, why can't they ever just come on the air and admit they were wrong? Because I mean, that is a question obviously put to him of why didn't this work? I mean, why, why didn't 15 days work? That's what you said. You initially said 15 days would work. And then that was Easter would work. And then it was uh, stand six feet away from everybody, and that'll work. Uh, wear a mask, that'll work. Uh, wait, 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 two masks, that'll work. Uh, everyone hand sanitized 9,000 times a day. That's very good for you. That'll work. Uh, don't take the vaccine. It's a Trump vaccine. Oh, uh, no, Joe Biden won. Everyone take the vaccine now. Uh, that'll work. I promise. Okay, the vaccine might not work. Still wear a mask. Uh, all right, it's, it's not working as well. Wear a mask, get a booster. What about, I've been wrong about everything from the very beginning and I'm going to resign in disgrace for the damage I've done to the United States of America. What about that? And speaking of damage, do you hear what they said about these inflation numbers? We even have Clinton's old finance guy saying this inflation is really bad and it's going to get as bad as anything we've seen in 30 years. When I tell you to call Oxford Gold Group and get gold delivered to your front door, I need you to hear me and hear me now. Don't wait. There's no reason to wait. When they're actively destroying the value of your dollar, you need to get some wealth delivered to your front door. I'm not telling you to do anything drastic. I don't want you to do that. I never would. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell them Jesse told you to call. They'll take special care of you. 833-995-GOLD. I know them personally. They're not going to give you a piece of paper saying you own gold. They're going to deliver real gold to your front door. Do that before the value of your dollar is completely destroyed. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. Tell them Jesse told you to call. We'll be right back with headlines. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show, final segment of The Jesse Kelly Show. I realize we did not hit on the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial, mainly because, look, they're going, they've been going through closing arguments. It didn't from what I saw, and I saw quite a bit of it, didn't go that well for the prosecution. I mean, how poorly did it go? This is the only little snippet I'm going to play for you, but this is a little snippet of the uh, prosecution today and their closing arguments. You can't claim self-defense against an unarmed man like this. You lose the right to self-defense. Wait, wait, wait. Chris, do me a favor. Rewind that from the beginning. Uh, um, I'll let you go a little longer next time. But what? What? You can't claim self-defense against an unarmed man like this. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. 
when you're the one creating <laughs> That's the not how that works at all. What? You lose the right to self-defense when when you brought the gun? That that That's not how that works at all. But, I mean, look, I guess we'll see how it works out. Say a prayer tonight for Kyle. Let's hope everything works out. I, I, I Obviously, I'm not on the jury. I have been on a jury once before where I was elected jury foreman at the age of 27, Chris. <laughs> you know what? I've already told that. I don't have time to tell it now. I'll tell it tomorrow. Remind me, I'll tell the jury foreman story tomorrow. And actually, I was thinking about this. Maybe I messed something up when I was jury foreman, and I hope I didn't mess something up. I'll explain. I'll explain. I'll explain. I'll explain. All right. It's time. And now. Here's a headline. By the go, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. What is in the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill? A lot of garbage, and Republicans voted for this thing. How terrible is that? And I did see that Donald Trump is out there endorsing a lot of primary challengers to Republicans who voted for this thing, and I just want to apply Donald, uh, applaud Donald Trump for that. It's the most valuable thing he can be doing right now is getting involved in primaries to run out the loser Republicans from the from the party. Good job. Headline. Oh, man. California Sanctuary City declares itself a constitutional republic to fight COVID mandates. Uh, listen, this is San Francisco, which is not exactly surpri- surprising. Uh, guys, that's not how that works at all. I, I, they actually fought a civil war over things like this. You can't, you can't just decide you're your own constitutional republic. If you could, I would love to, as a matter of fact. Headline, Project Veritas gets unlikely support from a liberal group after FBI raids. I haven't talked about this that much just because it gets confusing to people. Just know Project Veritas, they're the ones who do all the great undercover videos. They're the ones who are constantly busting people at CNN or Pfizer or this Democrat's office. The, the, the communists hate Project Veritas. So the FBI decided to raid the home of the founder of Project Veritas, which in and of itself is a really big deal. But let's just say they have the authority to do so. Let's just say that. Then they leaked the contents of what they were finding to the New York Times, and the New York Times printed it, that's illegal. Someone at the FBI should go to jail for a very long time for that, and the New York Times reporter should also go to jail for that. If we're going to have this system now where if you're you're deemed an enemy of the system, they can destroy your life without due process, it's a really, really, really big deal. I've brought this up a bunch before. I'm going to keep bringing it up. If we're at a place in this country where the Federal Bureau of Investigation has become just a weaponized arm of the Democratic Party, we're not in a place where the FBI should continue to exist. That's how dangerous that is. Every atrocity, virtually every atrocity that has taken place in the history of mankind, the ones swinging the axes or pulling the trigger, they were the state policemen. Remember that. Headline, Harris ally suggests Biden administration is racist for not doing more to boost Harris as she sinks in the polls. Look, there's an old saying out there, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. 
That's all the Harris camp has at this point. She's so unlikable. Everybody hates her guts. They're going to try the race thing now, but that's simply not going to be enough. I am genuinely anxious to see how this ends for Kamala Harris. She was the heir apparent, right? She was supposed to be the next one, but she didn't look like the next one to me. Headline, how long will boosters last? Well, I don't understand the question. Are you asking how long they're actually going to last? Or are you asking how long is going to be the agreed upon time between the government and the pharmaceutical companies where they will force you to get the next one? This is not about medicine. (laughs) It hasn't been about medicine in forever. It's not about science either. This isn't about any of that. This is about money and power. You can't trust anything you see and read out there now. Headline, federal appeals court upholds block to Biden's vaccine mandate. I know I should be happy about this, and I am, but pause for a moment and think how horrible all these corporations are out there who are firing their own employees already. Already employees are losing their job for something that not only never was a law, as of right now, it's not even executive order. There's no justification for it at all. Zero. And I do mean zero. Let's remember... Even the useless CDC admits at this point in time, uh, vaccinated people can spread coronavirus. Okay, so if vaccinated people can spread coronavirus, why is there a vaccine mandate? If it's not to, you know, they were always selling it as we got to protect your coworkers. We got to have a safe workplace. But if the vaccine doesn't stop you from spreading it, then getting the vaccine doesn't give you a safer workplace. So, well, you know what? That's actually my bad. It's my bad. I shouldn't have brought any logic or common sense into this. If you missed any part of the show, including my very heartfelt apology at the beginning of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. We're going to have a great show for you tomorrow. I would tell you we have so much planned, but the truth is I haven't planned a daggone thing. It's just going to be fun. (laughs) That's all. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.